welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show. I am Elise, your host, and we're in my living room on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Today's episode 25. Can't believe it. Today we're talking about coronavirus making everybody socially awkward, okay? Anal bleaching, Christmas lights, my favorite diners in Manhattan. Diners, you should know if you ever come here because, you know, like who wants fancy restaurant recommendations all the time, you know? So anyway, take a sip of your drink, your peach schnapps, your coffee, whatever you're having, and talk to me, Elise. Fact of the day, the history of the Christmas tree. Do you know where this came from? Prince Albert of Germany, back in the 1800s, he brought his wife a Christmas tree, basically a giant bush, which we now know to be the tree. But Prince Albert of Germany brought his wife, the Queen, Queen Victoria of England, a bush, okay, and a newspaper, the Illustrated London News, put a picture of this tree that he presented his wife in 1848. It went viral, or what we know as viral. And that's it. In walks the Christmas tree. From then on in, everybody had a Christmas tree. Just another guy not buying his wife diamonds for the holidays. Isn't that funny? I'd like to think that the Christmas tree has a little bit more symbolism than some guy buying a giant green bush for his wife around the holiday time and shoving it in the living room. Be like, yeah, honey, I brought you a gift. But that's how the story goes, I guess. I didn't know that, did you? So, how are you? Did you have a good weekend? I had I, I I was busy this weekend. You know now it's it's real crunch time right now from now till Christmas. I took my kids um, on Saturday night to go see the Christmas lights in Diker Heights. Do you know about these? If you don't know, you can Google Brooklyn Christmas lights or Brooklyn Diker Heights Christmas lights, and you'll see pictures. I did a TikTok on them, um, but you know Diker Heights is this neighborhood in Brooklyn. It's a notoriously Italian neighborhood. Um, a lot of a lot of mobbed up people there. You know. And uh, there's a few blocks that have these just giant, you know, brick and limestone monstrosity houses. I love them, okay? And, um, <laughs> and, and every year around Christmas time, the Italian people that live in these houses, they just put up the most insane, ostentatious, you know, outdoing their neighbor Christmas lights. And everybody goes. And when I was growing up, you know, people would just go see these lights. It was just like a thing people did. Now, it's like a whole spectacle. Like, usually it would take you, I don't know, maybe like 10 minutes to drive down the block, you know, see the lights, whatever. There's other cars there. Some people are walking. Some people have their kids in pajamas, you know, a little cup of hot chocolate, you know, doing a little doing a little cute Christmas thing. Well, this year, it took me an hour and 20 minutes. An hour and 20 minutes <laughs> to drive through to see these Christmas lights. I mean, you know, but what kind of idiot am I am? I go on a Saturday night at 8 p.m. to go do this. I thought it would be a fun night out, and it was. It was. But if you're going to ever go, if you're in the neighborhood or if you whatever, go on a Monday or a Tuesday. You know, do yourself at like 9, 10 o'clock. Do yourself a favor. Or go at like 4, you know, just when it starts to get dark. Saturday at 8, at 8, 8 p.m. was not, not a smart time. But it was, it was so cool. I mean, the lights are just so over the top. I mean, just you know, the most, the most, the most craziest things Like you just, ne- you would never even think to do. And it made me think like when I was growing up, like my parents, like they put the Christmas tree in the window. Maybe they, they strung some lights on a bush, you know, and put some lights in the windows, you know, maybe, maybe they had some like singing, you know, angels or something, statues, you know, little porcelain things. I don't know, like, you know, in the window, try, you know, make it, make, make it nice. But, but, 
but and maybe the neighbors, maybe the neighbor, maybe the neighbors, you know, the husbands, maybe they wanted to get on the roof, you know, and line the lights. But but like a forty foot, you know, limestone statue of a wooden soldier, you know, well like you know, I don't know, 60 foot, you know, LED lit up things that say joy and, and rejoice. No, nobody thought of that. I don't even know if that stuff was available, but I love it. And, you know, it's funny because, um, like, you know, sometimes like your own culture, like does things so differently. And, and, you know, when you're younger, you maybe would be embarrassed or shy when you realize that's not sort of the norm, you know, but I loved it. I love seeing it. And I'm just like, I, I love these people. I don't even know you, but I love you. <laughs> I just feel like they, they do. And it's not, you know, the thing is this thing. I have some friends of friends that know some of the people that live on the block. It's like they don't do it because they're trying to one-up the neighbor. They do it for the kids. They do it because they think it's just a nice, happy time. Why not spend, you know, $3,000 on an electric bill for the month of December and do it up big? Go big or go home. That's pretty much, you know, how the Italians are. But I love it. But, you know, it also made me think is that these people, they're, do, they're planning this stuff for months. I mean, because they have whole, like, winter wonderland, you know, landscapes. They, they, everything is well orchestrated. The, the men, you know, the soldiers in front of the door and then the deer on the grass the, with the, the gigantic Santa and the, the globes on the roof and the sign. Every, you know, they must really architect this out for months in advance and... Some of the houses did have the signs in the front. You know, it was like Christmas decor by Russo, you know. <laughs> but I, I, that's beyond me, paying for somebody to come and decorate for Christmas. But it does make sense if you have the money, right? Because what are you going to do? You're going to buy, are you going to really go, you know, to, to some store and buy, you know, 60-foot Santas and keep garage them for, you know, the once-a-year debut? I, it's better to rent, you know? But I love it. I totally, totally love it. I, I, I recommend if you don't go. Makes me just think how crazy Italian people are. We I also went to go stop by and see my grandmother. She lives in Bay Ridge. She's 90. I took my daughters there. That was cute. You know, Saturday night, visiting, visiting their great-grandmother on a Saturday night at, you know, 6, 37 p.m. That's, that's big news. That's big news to my kids because their bedtime is usually 7, 0, 0. Well, that's what they say. Mommy, bedtime is seven zero zero. It's like, yes, darling, it is. But um, you know, so they we splashed out a little bit. Went on a wild night adventure to Brooklyn. My youngest daughter turns five next week. I can't believe that. You have kids, honestly. And if you do, everyone told us, right, that the time goes by fast. Everybody, right? Like, how annoying when you're pregnant. Be like, enjoy it. It goes by so fast. And, like, of course it does. It really does. But, like, when you're actually doing it, when you have a baby that's six months, you know, when you have a baby that's one and a half, people like, enjoy it. You're like, really? I just want to get, like, a nap in. I'm just looking to, like, eat an actual meal in a restaurant other than, you know, drinking leftover breast milk and, and, and eating baby food out of the jar. You know? Like, I, it's like... Uh, they say enjoy it, but like you, you, you just, it's like you're in a haze, you're in a haze. But, but I can honestly say, I can honestly say now that my youngest is turning five, I, I really can't believe it. I'm really like, where did the time go? It's like, you know, the days, the days are long, but, but the, the overall time, you know, it just flies by. Um, you know, the sad thing though, is like, what am I going to do with, with this girl? Like, I mean, I'm going to, I can't have a party for her. 
you know? I mean, so, um, my girlfriend, Stephanie, hi, if you're listening. She had a, a birthday party for her daughter um, in Staten Island, her daughter, Juliana. I think they had it at, like, a gymnastics place because they're doing parties. They were doing parties in Staten Island. I don't know about now because, you know, now they closed um, indoor dining and stuff in New York City again. But there's no places that are doing kids' birthday parties. So, uh, you know, so what I'm basically going to do is I'm just going to have, you know, make a pizza and have a birth, bake a birthday cake. I mean, what else, what else? And, you know, obviously have presents more, more than normal, more presents than normal. Like she's really into Barbies and Barbie clothes. So I went to, uh, you know, I, I found some like good stuff at TJ Maxx and Marshall's, you know, but, um, she says to me, mommy, I'd like a father Christmas themed birthday. So I'm like, oh, sure, darling. So I went to the Dollar Tree and I bought, even though my house is very decorated for Christmas, I went to the Dollar Tree and I just bought like really obnoxious, you know, streams of tinsel and stuff. And I'm just going to hang it all over the place and, you know, in the kitchen area. And then when she comes in, you know, it'd be like a little, you know, you know, crazy Christmas, uh, you know, like Christmas threw up on the, on, in the kitchen, basically. I was going to say Wonderland, but you know, it's not a Wonderland when the whole place is going to be covered, <laughs> covered in tinsel. But, um, that's what we're going to do. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing else really to do, you know? I mean, you could, I could have, if I guess I really wanted, I did say, actually, that's what I'm saying. I did text my girlfriends like a month ago and I said, Hey, would you be up for having, you know, just you, meaning like my girlfriend and like one of their kids come over and I was just going to have like three friends and like their, their child, one child per family come over for some pizza and cake. And everybody was like, and I was just sort of taking the temperature. I didn't even know if I was okay with it, but I just asked. And they were like, oh, yeah, let's see how everybody feels and whatever. But then someone in one of their families got, you know, the virus and, and, um, and, and then, you know, I guess it like, it spooked her, which I totally get. My sister wound up getting Corona. She has it. Hi, Gab. And, um, so, I mean, you know, that idea went out the window and I don't even know if it was a sound idea to invite people over. It's not like I have a backyard or anything, you know, obviously I'm in an apartment. <clears throat> so my poor little doll doll will just have to have her Christmas party. Um, you know, just, just us pizza and cake and prezzies. <sighs> can't wait for this thing to be over, you know? Anyway, why is everybody doing anal bleaching? Did, like, you know, do you know about this? You Are you hearing about this? Okay, literally, like, my girlfriend's like, Elise, I need to get my, my asshole bleached. And I'm like, what? Like, first of all, first of all, I, I'm assuming she wants to do this because of anal sex. Okay, and here's the thing. I don't like the word anal. Like, I just don't, the, it just, it's it, like, I don't even like anal retentive. I just don't like the word. It just sounds creepy to me. Like, it just sounds, I just don't like anal. And it's all, the way I say it, it's all nasally, you know? But, and then I don't like the word butthole, because that's just disgusting. <laughs> I don't like the word asshole, because that also just feels like I'm calling somebody a name. I'm just uncomfortable with the whole thing. The, the naming conventions, I should say. But, um. You know, so she's like, I need to get, I need to get anal bleaching done. Like, you have any recommendations? And I'm like, what, do, what are you, what am I, Jenna Jameson here? What am I, the Jenna Jameson, the Upper East Side? No, no I do not have anal bleaching recommendations for you. <laughs> you know, I'll phone a couple, <laughs> phone a friend. Um, but it's like, I, I said, that, I was like, you know, what, 
by the way, you, you want anal bleaching? What is this? The vajazzle of 2020s? Remember vajazzle like 10 years ago? It was like everybody was getting a vajazzle done. And if you don't know, you know, if you, if you slept through that one, it was like, Women will like, you know, get in their, their vagina, like all jeweled up, like swathsy crystals or putting glitter, you know, on them, on their nether regions, you know, basically like making shapes and stuff. I don't, I don't even know what the sticky things, I don't know. I didn't do it. But, but I said, is this like the vajazzle of, of, of 2020 anal bleaching? And you know, she's like, Elise, you know. The skin, the skin near your butt is like 80 times darker than your regular pigment for the most, for most people. And I was like, thanks. Thanks for the tip. But, um, so she's telling me, she's going through all of her options, right? Like that, that she heard. And she's like, which one should I do? And I don't know. I don't know if you have these conversations with your friends. I don't even know if you, you, maybe you do this. Maybe you like it. But the thing is, is so here's the thing. Okay. She looked into, um, at home bleaching, but the thing, you know, and, and what you would do is you would use a skin lightening product. She told me, but, but the, the, the chemicals in it, you know, first of all, I think some of them are considered carcinogenic. We looked them up online, but the other thing is that you, it's a, you're doing a DIY affair. You're doing the Pinterest of anal, anal bleaching. Like really? So, you know, if you put that product on the wrong way, I, you know, basically what we found out is that you're going to get some of this bleach and these things with these, you know, terrible chemicals in it in your ass and then it's going to go in your bloodstream. And it's not like then you're dead. It's just as like then you might have problems. So that's the first thing. The second thing, which I just had said, even though I don't know about anal bleaching, was it doesn't this shit burn? Like I get laser, but when I used to bleach my mustache, because I don't know about you, but for the younger half of my life, I was very into Sally Hansen, Sally Hansen above the lip bleach. Um, that's what happens when you have the Mediterranean roots, you know? So when I would put the, the bleach on, and, you know, because I was so out of control, I was like, I'm going to leave it on longer because then maybe it'll, maybe my hair up there will go away. You know, of course, it just made it glow. I had, like, day glow mustache hair. You know, people be like, why is your, why is your mustache white? <laughs> but uh, I, you leave it on for a long time, that Sally Hansen mustache bleach, and... Your lip is burning. So I said, like, you're going to put this shit on your asshole? Like, don't you think it's going to burn and itch and sting during the whole, you know, shebang? And, like, what do you – I said, uh, let, let, let's talk about this for a second. You don't think I'm doing this for you, do you? Because that would never happen. Like, I just want to be 100% clear, okay? Some people have great friends. Great friends that do them great favors. Stephanie, if you're listening, I'm actually – you know, if, if you're not listening, I'm going to – call you after this airs and I'm going to say go listen to this because I have a story I'm going to tell I didn't even think I was telling the story but I'm going to tell you too about like I don't know how long ago Stephanie what was this 15 years ago me and Stephanie and the guys we were with at the time we were going on a ski trip and uh we were at Hunter Mountain in upstate in New York I think that's like the Catskills and um I had gotten uh waxed like a few days before this trip right and at the time I knew, of course, that my skin was very sensitive, but, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going away. Like, I won't let me do waxing, whatever. And I did it, and I got the worst rash everywhere. Like, when I say the worst, I'm talking about, like, horrific, like, I don't even know. 
Like it looked, it just, it looked like I had like mumps all over my body. It looked like I broke out. I don't even know what it was. It was just the most insane allergic reaction to the wax. And, um, you know, of course I'm trying to cancel the trip because I'm horrified. And besides, it was uncomfortable. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to put on like a snowsuit, a ski pants or whatever. I could barely walk. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, we get to the thing. And Stephanie, I, and Stephanie's like, you got just show it to me. Just show me how bad could this be? Just show it to me. And I do not do the bald eagle. I'm just not into that. I just don't. I, I feel like it's too, it's not for me. I, 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 I like a little bit of something down there, you know. But then I think at that time I did do the bald eagle because I guess that was what the, because, you know, it's probably pressure. You know, Svetlanka, when I was doing it, was like, you know, you, 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 you must go bald. So, you know, th- so I did. And, you know, and then I was horrified. So anyway, I, I would go in the bathroom and I show Stephanie. And she literally almost fainted. And she was like, oh, my God, what are you going to do? Like, there's no way you could even think about getting it on with your boyfriend because, like, this is a horror. So she's like, hold on. Let me go get my Mac Studio fix. Now, this is a good friend, right? A good friend goes in her pocketbook, in her makeup case, and gets out her $30 Mac over-the-counter, whatever it is, counter makeup, you know, like a studio concealer shit and she starts putting it on the top of my you know like nether region <laughs> and I was just like I'm you know I'm crying and she's like you know so she's on her knees putting dabbing this shit on I'm up there crying like a Kathy caught comic strip cartoon tears flying out of the corners of my eyes and and then I'm like, can you do? What are you doing down there? Like, oh, is it getting better? And she's like, oh, no, this is horrible. Why would you do this? And I don't know. And then the whole thing. And long story short, it probably looked worse, you know, with <laughs> with the caked makeup on. But um, that was a horrible story. And he has the thing. So I told my friend. So that was that, Stephanie. I know. It's and I'm, I I don't even know if I told the story the best way, but that was basically it. And that's a good friend, by the way. Um. But my friend now that's talking about anal bleaching, I said, I'm not doing, like, I don't know if that was what you were thinking. Like, you want me to, like, help you out, but that's never going to happen. I said, like, because I I spent, like, I have two daughters, I told, I have two daughters. I spent a long time wiping asses and changing diapers and doing that stuff. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> the next time I'm doing that is if I am, you know, I don't know, if, if, if I'm, married and 80 and I have a husband that needs some assist maybe and even that I will probably have a home health aid but um anyway so I'm like because how are you gonna do it yourself like let's talk about that and here's the thing for you listening if you do it let me know because like what do you do like this is this is I said what do you do you go in the bathroom you get out your bleach you mix it up and then what you gotta how do you how do you put this how do you put this on what do you have to spread your cheeks apart and then you have to put the bleach on and then what do you have to walk? Do you have to, I mean, can you imagine? What do you have to walk around for 10 minutes like holding your butt apart like so this shit dries? Or wait, or no, shall you just not hold it apart? Let the whole thing collapse and then you're like one big bleaching, burning, horrible, sandy mess because you know that shit's gritty. Honestly, like I just can't. Or you have a friend do it. So you know what I said to her? I think they must have a professional route to this, okay? So they do. They do. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's a fortune. I don't know how much it is, like the, the real prices, but she looked it up and she found it was maybe like 100 to $150 per session. 
so you know, way cheaper than laser. But but here's the thing I had no idea about. It only lasts, first of all, let me say, you have to get a bunch of treatments. You have to get like, I don't know, five or six treatments. It only lasts though for six months. Can you imagine? So I said to her, you better be shooting the porno of your lifetime, okay? Because if you're going to spend $150 per anal bleaching treatment, you're going to do six, what, six every week or something, six, one a week for six weeks, and then it's only going to last six months? Get the hell out of here. I, I I want nothing to do with that. I said, dark skin or light skin, I don't care how, if it matches or doesn't match, if you're into that kind of shit, if you, listen, listen to me, listen to me. If you're into that, if your boyfriend is into that, your husband, he's not going to care what color your asshole is, okay? <laughs> Nobody's going to care. Not you in the moment, not him. So get over yourself. So that's why I said, I ho- I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you like it on the bunny ranch shooting the porn of a lifetime or something because I don't know why else you would do torture yourself like that. I understand above the lip bleaching. I understand Brazilian waxing. I understand things like, uh, you know, those surgeries that like the labiaplasties. I mentioned it a few weeks ago, you know, where like, you know, like you, you, you're getting like your, your vagina trimmed down or something after you had a litter of kids. I even get that. I have not done that. But, but, but this, this to me just seems torturous. I mean, can you imagine, and by the way, and I'm done talking about this, but can you imagine like, so say you get a little rash, whether from the professional or at home. And what are you doing? You're like scratching. You're what? You're scratching your ass all the time. Oh, you, hi! Can't come into work. Say, oh, why? You okay? You have the virus? No, no, no. I, I bleached my asshole, and I can't. It's itching me. <laughs> I don't want to walk around the office scratching my ass. So, uh, and then, can you imagine going to the doctor? Well, what's wrong? What did you? Well, I have a little minor skin infection. Oh, you do? Oh, acne, rosacea? No, eczema? No, no, no. You see? Well. Dr. Green, I just, I tried to do something a little risque and it didn't work out. I mean, this is the equivalent of, you know, like, I don't know, masturbating with a cucumber and winding up in the ER. Just don't do it. Just my two cents. Anyway, so I, um, I was thinking about this coronavirus business as if, (laughs) As if nobody else is thinking about it. It's all everybody talks about. Literally, you walk down the street in Manhattan, everybody's like, the virus, masks, hand sanitizer, when a restaurant's going to be. And it's all you hear. Overheard in New York, Corona time, it's all you hear is about Corona. But I ran into a friend a couple weeks ago on the street, and I hadn't seen him in a long time. And um, I just felt like I was so totally freaking awkward. Like, has this happened to you? Like, now, I, I did go back to work, like, in my office every other week. So it's not, I'm not totally isolated. I'm not totally isolated as I was. But um, it was like I didn't know how to interact. But I will say, when I do go to my office, by the way, I sit in my office, door closed. I, there's no there's no conversing. Any meetings I have are done on video conference. I don't even like that they have us back in the office. I think it's stupid, a waste of commuting money. And, uh, you know, and I bring my lunch. I mean, like, as I normally do. But, I mean, it's like there's no communal anything open. Fridge or kitchen. I just think it's the biggest waste. But anyway, but I don't do face-to-face communication. Sometimes my boss pops his head in, hi. And then we have a little, like, you know, two-second of in-person banter. And it's like, you know, 10 feet, you know, 16 feet apart. But, But I haven't really sat down with friends, you know. Like, like, I won't. 
I haven't just ran into a friend or just had that um, stranger sort of interaction. You saw acquaintance interaction, I should say. I have obviously seen some people, um, but those are people that I'm talked to or I'm with, you know, all the time for the most part. So I ran into this friend and I just felt like I was so goddamn awkward. I didn't, I, I, you know, it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like I didn't know what to say. You know, I was like, hi, after I got over the hi, hi, hi. It was kind of like the normal, like, you know what, normal times when you're like, oh yeah, we'll get together. Oh yeah, when you're free and you're like making up fake dates. Oh, oh yeah, call me. That was what like the whole conversation was like. It was just so weird. And so I started thinking about it and, um, and I was reading some things and you know, it's a real thing. This is a real thing. Like if you are isolated for a long period of time, I didn't know this. If you're isolated for a long period of time, like, and you're cut off from other people, our brains, our brains interpret this as a mortal threat. Can you imagine? So for example, what I learned is that if you, if you feel isolated and you, or you feel lonely, that's as much as a, as a biological, um, you know, tell as if you're hungry or thirsty. I, I honestly never knew that. And that, isn't that funny? Because it's like, you know, when you're hungry, you're like, I'm hungry, I need food. When you're thirsty, like, I'm so parched, and you get water, and you're already okay. But when you're lonely, you know, when you're lonely, you don't really, or you're you're isolated, you don't really think like, you know, you, might, you, you know you feel bad, you know you feel stuff, but you don't think that it's just as important, you know, as uh, as drinking or eating. Um. I mean, obviously, there's geriatric depression and that kind of stuff. I feel like some of the old people, you know, if they're alone a lot on their own, whether living in their houses or in nursing homes and they don't see a lot of people, they get depressed. So, I mean, I, I do know that, but apparently for just a normal, young, healthy person, if you don't see people regularly, there's emotional um, and physiological effects that so many of us right now are dealing with, and I'm sure you are, you know? So I, um, I thought it was just so weird. I really didn't know what to talk about when I saw my friend. Um, I, 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 I was sort of, I felt like I was like a little skittish, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was weird. Have this, has this happened to you? Like, I mean, I'm okay making small talk in the supermarket. You know, I do that, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, the other thing, by the way, but what I read about this is that if you, so, you know, like if you're hungry and you're hangry, you know, you're angry because you're so goddamn hungry, you get irritable, annoyed. The same thing happens if you're lonely. So, like, the same things happen if you're hungry or you're tired or um, you're thirsty. Like, you'll get maybe irritable, you'll get angry, you'll get lethargic. The same exact things happen if you're lonely. And I, I, I literally, li- literally, there was a big article about this in one of the newspapers, I think, Wall Street Journal, The Times. And it was just saying human interaction is literally the same as, like, eating a balanced diet. We do not realize how much we benefit from casual people, acquaintance interactions, whether it's, you know, you're in the office, you're, you know, at the gym, you're, you know, at the store. And um, I had no idea. And by the way, in this article, they also talked about um, how prisoners that are, you know, in maximum security and they're isolated, they have no, no social interaction whatsoever. When these people get out or they have an opportunity to interact socially, they, they, they're usually hostile. They get into trouble or they're, they're fighting, whatever. And that's 
not just because they are bad people, but, you know, obviously they are if they're in prison, maximum security, whatever, but it's because they, they have been isolated. And I, I really, I found that very interesting. But I'm, t- but, you know, so we're all basically walking around. What I'm trying to say is we're all basically walking around like so socially awkward, you know, beings right now. And, 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 and it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. I just told my boyfriend not too long ago, I feel like I'm becoming agoraphobic. He's like, what do you mean? I said, like, some days I'm okay not leaving my house for, like, a, you know, a couple days at a time. You know, like, literally not going anywhere. And like I said, you know, I don't, you know, I don't have a backyard or I don't have a, a front yard. Like, if I want to get my mail, I, I either comes to my door or I go downstairs and get it. Um, some days I'm fine not leaving. And that's, you know, that's, that's not healthy. Anyway. I didn't do a recipe, by the way, so I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I usually do it closer towards. So, obviously, um, <clears throat> I've been saying, you know, from now into the holidays, I want to do just a holiday recipe or something like this. Um, so, what I am telling you is something I, right now, my favorite stuffed artichokes. Do you know these? It's the artichoke, obviously, Italian vegetable. Um, intimidating at the grocery store to say, but... I love, love, love stuffed artichokes. I'm going to tell you how I make them. They, they, they are easier to make than they look. This is what you need. I'm just going to give you a recipe for two. So you don't, you know, because you have to practice with these things. You go to the store, you buy two artichokes, two globe artichokes. So you want the big ones, not the small ones. Two big artichokes. So obviously you then you bring them home, right? And this is the recipe. One cup of breadcrumbs. I use Italian seasoned breadcrumbs. If you don't have that, that's fine, whatever a half a cup of grated cheese, like grated Parmesan cheese, a handful of parsley, chopped fine, two cloves of garlic, also chopped fine, olive oil, a little bit of water, um, white wine, maybe a cup of white wine or something. I, I usually have these little mini bottles all around in my pantry, but a cup of white wine. Um, the juice of one lemon, if you don't have fresh, you know, you could use bottle lemon juice, that's fine. And then just salt and pepper. So this is how you make them. The artichoke is intimidating. You can take your kitchen scissors, right, your kitchen shears, and you could go, well, first of all, you got to wash it. But you, but just rinse it before you get into the washing part because I'll tell you why. If you, you just rinse it, the water, you know, the water will just clean the outside. But the top of the artichoke has those, they have like little spikes. They almost look like, like little nails. You, so you got to trim those off. You can take a kitchen shear and just trim each individual leaf. Or what you can do is what I've started to do um, in the last few years was I just take a big kitchen knife, I lay it on its side, and I just sort of chop, chop, you know, maybe like a sixth of the top off. So I'm just hacking away all the top, um, all the little nails or whatever. And then I'll go around with a scissor and, and trim the bottom, you know, pieces of the artichoke. Anyway, so you trim the artichokes, and then that, after they're trimmed, then you really rinse them off. You peel, you know, you pull the leaves open gently, like as if you're making... If you're holding the artichoke, if the artichoke is down on the countertop, you basically take your two hands. I'm doing it now. You can't see, but you motion, make like a claw, you know, like make your hands like a little bit of a claw. And you kind of want to take your two claws and like peel, like, you know, stretch apart the the tops of the artichoke. And then, you know, you want to rinse that to clean it out. So, and once they're clean, turn them upside down, let them dry for a little bit. In the bowl, put all your ingredients together. Just dump them all together. Okay. Um, but let me say only put about a couple tablespoons of olive oil. Don't put, you know, um, don't go overboard with the olive oil. You basically want to make, uh, like a sand, you know, with the, 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 the breadcrumbs, the cheese, the parsley, whatever. 
That's what you do. And then what you're going to do is you're going to start stuffing the artichoke. So you're going to take a little bit of handful, uh, you know, little, I'm sorry, fingerful of the, 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 the stuffing, and you're just going to put it in all the little um, pockets of the leaves all over. Make sure you get the center too. Get it down in the center because that's the good part. After your artichokes are stuffed, and by the way, your artichokes at the bottom, if they have a stem, you got to trim the stem off so they could sit upright on their own. If they don't, you know, if they don't sit upright, you're going to have problems. So make sure you trim the stem off. So after they're stuffed and they're sitting upright, get um, a pot, saucepan, whatever. Um, and then what you're going to do is you're going to put both of your artichokes in the pot. Now, you could obviously make these in the oven. I do them on the pot in the pot because I'm only making a couple at a time because um, it's just, you know, it's just me. So I put put them in the pot, and then you're going to pour water and your cup of wine and your lemon juice around the artichoke. So you want the, the water and the, the, the wine, all that. You only want it about two inches high. So you're only going up about a third of the sides of the artichoke. And then what you're going to do is you're going to drizzle a little more olive oil on the top of the artichoke. And this is so it doesn't dry up. All you're going to do is cook it and cover it and cook it on low for about 45 minutes. And that's it. You want the artichokes to be soft. You don't want them to be undercooked because they'll be dry. And then obviously it'll be hard to scrape. And that's how you make them. That's how I make them. So easy in terms of um, the actual prep, like the dumping all the stuff in the bowl and stuffing it. The not easy part is trimming them and the um, sort of knowing when they're done. And you know when you're done, you know when they're done is, is if you um, could pick off a leaf sort of and, and you see it soft. You know, and obviously how you eat them, you know, you scrape your teeth. But that's how I make them. Italian people, they put that, you know, Christmas. If you're, if you're Italian, I apologize because I know you know this. But Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, any any holiday, basically, people make stuffed artichokes. And sometimes I make them <clears throat> just just because I'm in the mood. And they're delicious. Artichokes are expensive, though, and they are a pain in the ass to clean. So that's that. Um, product of the week, as we were talking about anal bleaching. So, um... Sometimes I think you really could just find good lingerie on Amazon, even though Amazon's like, you know, whatever, no one ever thinks to go to buy lingerie on Amazon. But there's this one brand. Um, it's called Adome, A-D-O-M-E. Look it up, A-D-O-M-E. It's on Amazon. There is this really filthy um, thing that they sell, and I love it. It's a lingerie piece. This is what it's called. Adome Garter Lingerie for Women. Lace bralette and panty, sexy strappy three piece bodysuit. That's what it's called. I know, a mouthful. It's sixteen ninety nine. Let me tell you, this thing, this thing is hot. This thing, it's very hot. It's it it's it would be a hundred dollars in Victoria's Secret, and it's not for the faint heart. You know, it's like this little tiny black lace, you know, a non underwire triangle bra. It has a halter, you know, which is just just a bra strap sort of halter, a bra strap around the back. The bottoms, though, are this tiny little thong, and the straps of the thong are also two black straps. I got black. And then there's a garter, but you just step into the garter, so it's like it's like a loop. You just, like, put your, you know, your leg into the loop each side. You don't have to wear stockings with it. Everything is adjustable on this set, so I love it. Like, whether you're big or small, you're not going to look like a sausage link is what I'm saying. It's It's good. It's hot. You can't beat it for $16.99. And besides, Amazon's so good at returns. Like, why don't you just buy it? I am telling you that if you get this thing, you might be asked to do anal bleaching. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah, you know, I mean, like, why not? Like, just have a little fun, right? I love it. Anyway. Okay. Um, question from the audience. Hey, Elise, what's your favorite diner in Manhattan? Oh, my God. You know why I love this question? Let me tell you why I love this question. I love this question because, you know, when you go on vacation, if you're not from here, you know, when you go on vacation or you go into a new city and you say to your friends, like, or whoever, oh, can you give me some restaurant recommendations? And people give you restaurant recommendations. And it's almost like they pick the fanciest, most prestigious, ridiculous restaurant that, you know, they, they've been there, but like, and they like, oh, this restaurant's so fabulous. Meanwhile, you go and it's like the entrees are $60 and whatever. When I ask for recommendations, I just want a regular old recommendation. And I say, I don't care if it's fancy or what, just give me where the good food's at. So these are my favorite diners. I love Veselka. Veselka is a diner in the East Village. They make the best pierogies on the in the world. They're a Ukrainian diner. Look them up. Another diner, it's called Little Poland. This di- it's not. This is not a well-known diner at all in New York, but the food is so good. And it's also insanely cheap, like like crazy cheap. It's a tiny little diner. There's only like 10 tables on the inside. Little Poland. It's also downtown. Gracie Muse. Gracie Muse. M-E-W-S. That's one of my favorite diners. It's on the Upper East Side. It's on First Avenue um, in the 80s. I just love it. It's a big diner, big old diner. They have everything, whatever. It, everything is good. They serve, the, if you want a soda, they serve it out of a can. Don't ask. I like it out of a can. It tastes crisper to me. Everything's good. The fries are good. They get the curly fries, you know, those spicy ones. I don't think they do waffle fries. But everything is just delicious. The other diner I like is called Square Diner. Square. That's in Tribeca. It's on Leonard Street. This is a cool diner. It's in Tribeca, so it's a cool location. If you're down there shopping, you're down there just checking it out, like, Coming across this diner, it's like very old school. First of all, it's this weird square rectangle shape on the outside. But when you walk in, it's like really retro and old school. Food's delicious. Prices are right. Those are my recommendations. Veselka, Little Poland, Gracie Muse, Square Diner. Here's the thing. I love diners. It's the smorgasbord of restaurants. You can get whatever you want. And, it, and the prices are right. And if, even if you want to just go and have disco fries, which are my favorite, a plate of french fries with brown gravy and mozzarella like i need that like a hole in the head but that's what i like you know even if you want to get a, a you know a muffin like you and then and then the person that you're with wants surf and turf it's i i just love the diner i just love it those are my records quote of the day by rob uh rob sultanan he is a big exec a creative guy he's at an agency he worked on a lot of the um Procter and P&G campaigns, a lot of the Procter and Gamble campaigns. He's super smart. Rob Siltanen. Here's his quote. People who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. You probably heard that quote before, right? I've heard it. I don't know how I've said it, but I love it. So that's all for the Elise Delugy Show today. Thank you for listening. And make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on um, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I keep wanting to say iTunes. I don't even know if it's iTunes. Does that even exist anymore? I don't even know. But um, if you subscribe to the podcast, you never miss an episode. And obviously, as I do every week, beg for reviews. If you can review it on Apple Podcasts, I would totally appreciate it. Um, The reviews help the podcast grow, but it not only helps it grow, it helps my chances of turning this into a a real produced show where I'm not doing all this stuff on my own. And also, um, I will be able to pitch this to uh, networks as a talk show, which I think would be fun. Imagine this show, but on the TV, 
on camera, but we're just sitting around the table. Well, you're in your living room, or maybe you could be in the audience, whatever. And we're just talking, we're just shooting the breeze. Like, what talk shows do you watch that just talk about normal stuff, like shopping at Walmart or anal bleaching? I, I don't know, none. Anyway, so that's it. Follow me on TikTok at Elisa Lucci, Instagram at Elisa Lucci, and I will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.